everybody. Um, this is it. This is the last, um, <laughs> the last frontier that we, uh, <laughs> we go on. Hey, listen, um, last night was awesome. A lot of fun. You guys are too, way, way too competitive, eh? I'm telling you now. <laughs> we had a lot of fun last night. Hey, just before um, I get into the session, uh, Kathy and I and the kids want to really thank you for welcoming us. You know, we just feel like family. I said to someone a couple of days back or a day back, I just want to stay for another two or three months. <laughs> yeah, I do. I just want to mix and be a part of your life. But we, we really enjoyed it. Thank you for providing for providing for us to be here food-wise and accommodation. We really appreciate it. And we'll come back. You know, we'll come back and spend time with you. And I'll go away with certain things like... Um, when I remember GCC, I remember a, a couple of things that I learnt. One of them is, is Joe's dance. So, you know, this, you know, I remember that and Porter's, Porter's. Oh, no. uh, okay, so should we leave it at that? <laughs> oh, <better friend. laughs> So let's turn our scriptures to Acts chapter 8. And we're looking at, finally this morning, an invitation to a deeper availability. Now, as you would know, uh, in terms of being common sense in the spiritual realm, you can, you, know, you, you can learn so much about getting into God's word, being full of love for each other, and partnering with Israel in a an intentional and specific way and, and growing in your faith. But what use is it if God cannot utilize us? What use is it if, if we are not available to him? So that's the challenge this morning. And I want to read uh, the, from Acts chapter 8 and really get a feel of this example of being available from this man that we're going to read about. Okay, yesterday when I was reading, I was really struggling a little bit because I forgot my glasses, but I got them now. So, Acts chapter 8. Try and get a feel of, of the environment here. Saul was in hearty agreement with putting him to death. So when Stephen was being stoned, Saul was agreeing with that. And on that day, a great persecution began against the church in Jerusalem. And they were all scattered throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. Some devout men buried Stephen and made loud lamentations over him. But Saul began ravaging the church, entering house after house and dragging off men and women, and he would put them in prison. Therefore, those who had been scattered went about preaching the word. I've got written in my Bible uh, as, an un, as a title, persecution, scattering, opportunity. And that's exactly what happened here. Philip went down to the city of Samaria and began proclaiming Christ to them. The crowds with one accord were giving attention to what was being said by Philip as they heard and saw the signs which he was performing. For in the case of many who had unclean spirits, they were coming out of them, shouting with a loud voice. And many who had been paralyzed 
and lame were healed. So there was much rejoicing in that city. Shoot over to verse 25. So when they had solemnly testified and spoken the word of the Lord, they started back in Jerusalem. And they were preaching the gospel to many villages of the Samaritans. But an angel of the Lord spoke to Philip, saying, Get up, go south to the road that descends from Jerusalem to Gaza. And then we'll read on with that particular story. But it's interesting. There was a huge, huge buzz. All of a sudden, God had touched Samaria and revival began to to spread throughout that place. And then we read on in a few verses later, then the Spirit of the Lord spoke to Philip and says, I want you to go down to Gaza. Years ago, I... um, I was, I was only a Christian, again, very young. Uh, and in Auckland, I, um, I watched a movie. I went to the Church of Christ. Was it the Church of Christ, Joe? Your uncle, Helg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Church of Christ there, because they would hold movies every Sunday night. A lot of Billy Graham movies and a lot of these other movies. And um, this one happened to be a Billy Graham movie, and, and he was my mentor that I never met. <laughs> So I went, and um, I, I, I was in anticipation of watching a great movie. But what happened in my heart that day that I will never forget, and I have, I guess, I've, I've tried to remember um, stumbling along in my faith, but still trying to remember, was what happened in the movie. What happened was um, thousands of young evangelists were invited to Amsterdam, to a Billy Graham conference so they could learn the principles of reaching the lost, the evangelistic principles. So everybody was excited and you could, the cameras were there and you could see people gathering and talking and then listening to this great warrior as he would get up and talk about evangelism, talk about being available to reach the lost. And the movie focused on a young Indian, young Indian man who uh, mustered up all the finances and support he could just to make it to Amsterdam to meet his hero and listen to what what, um, God was wanting to say to him. And as the story unfolds, um, he sat in these conferences, but the Holy Spirit allowed him in his travelling back and forth to the conference, to his room, to the place where he was uh, accommodated, he met a young American man who was an addict to drugs. And and they just engaged with one another very slowly at first, but then um, God opened the door for him to continue to press into this this meeting with this young man. And yet, all the time he knew he had the responsibility because of those who supported him at home to go back to the conference. So he would spend time talking to this man, praying for this man, then going back and listening to Billy. And, you know, he's a bit tired, but, but he's trying to get as much. But his heart was heavy because this one man wanted Jesus. And he didn't even know it. And he had the answer. So eventually, 
He made the decision that I will spend more time with him than I will learning the principles about evangelism. Little did he know that what Billy was talking about, he was actually doing. And so there he was trying to reach this young man. And eventually he invited him to the crusade. And there he was sitting at the back with the young man. And when Billy would say, you make your way to the front and make your peace with God. And the choir would sing, just as I... And then they would all make their way forward. And eventually the young man got up and made his way forward. And that Indian boy was so blessed. Not necessarily because he went to the great conference of conferences but because God used him to reach one man and he realized that what was important was for him to be in the place where God was and that's where God was he's omnipresent so he was there as well but that's where the heart of God was and he moved into that space and it moved me and um, I never forgot it, as, as you know. Years later, I tell you the story because I, I haven't forgotten that God, he cares about the one that is out than the 99 that are safe, that are okay. He still cares about the strain one. And he longs to look. The Bible says in 2 Chronicles 16.9, the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth so that he might... Uh, make himself strong in the behalf of those whose hearts are for him. He's looking. He's looking. No concerns about coming a long way for that boy, for that kid. No concerns about missing out or even risk-taking. God could trust this young evangelist with this opportunity. So scripture is clear when it comes to being available for the gospel. Peter says, be ready. That's a challenge for all of us, to be ready. All your contexts are different. You're at home as a mum or a house manager, dad, or you're out there working with people in all sorts of areas, and you have to be ready. Peter says, be ready to speak up and tell anyone who asks you, Uh, Why you're living the way you are. I'm speaking from the message. Be ready to give an answer to anyone who asks you why you're living the way you are. And always be doing it with the utmost courtesy. Keep a clear conscience before God so that when people throw mud at you, it won't stick. Jesus said, uh, uh, Paul says to to the the believers at Colossae. Um, Pray with all your praying and all the things that you are pressing into with prayer. Pray for an open door for us. Devote yourselves to prayer, he says in Colossians 4.3, keeping alert in it with an attitude of thanksgiving, praying at the same time for us as well that God would open our door for the gospel. Do you remember when Jesus said, lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they are what? They're ripe or ready for harvest. The Bible teaches us that Jesus hasn't come again, not because he isn't going to, 
but probably for these main two reasons, that the Jewish people have not yet cried out to God to come, but also because he is patient and long-suffering, not willing that any should perish. So if he hasn't come yet, we still are available for his use. So when we go deeper in our availability with God, God is able to use us in an incredible and amazing way. Um, man, I, I just... I look back and I remember the, the, one of the most precious um, opportunities I got. I was with a Samoan friend, very joyful. You know, always laughed and was... You know, I loved being around him. And uh, he'd, he'd been a Christian only for a year. I'd been a Christian for about five years, but he just continually, I loved being around him. And we went, uh, we, we, um, went witnessing and, and uh, just looking to meet people. We went into this bookstore and looking through the books was this young Mary girl. Um, didn't even know her. But as she was, she, she pulled out a, a kind of like a Christian book and we got talking with her. And as we talked with her, we engaged with her, we managed to uh, invite her to church. And she came. She was a single mother. And I remember, um, I, I knew that, I just wanted to invest in her life, everything that I had learned as a Christian. But I also realised, oh, you know, she needs women in her life, not a man coming around all the time, and she needs women in her life. So we were able to connect her into some of the women in the church. And, but every time I would pop around to say a quick hello on my way home, I would take with me nappies. She had a young child. And God impressed upon my heart, you want to be a blessing to this woman, don't just tell her about me. Take some nappies around. She needs help, you know, physical help. So every time I saw her, I took nappies. She's going, oh, Mike, don't do that. Forget it. But I was able just to do that and, and, and give a little word to her to encourage her faith. And it was an amazing opportunity for me to learn that when God opens a door, you don't think about it or write a, um, a book about it. <laughs> you walk through the door and see what happens. So here are some essential things when it comes to being available, to have a deep av availability. Think about Philip. So when they had solemnly testified, verse 25 in chapter 8 of Acts, when they had solemnly testified and spoken the word of the Lord, they started back in Jerusalem and they were preaching the gospel to many villages of the Samaritans and then God called Philip. So if you and I are going to have a deeper availability, God uses those who are already moving. And if you, want, you and I want to know what does God really want me to do on planet Earth, just keep moving and let him do the rest. Let him bring people and opportunities across your path. Let him open up text messages or Instagram posts that lead you to what he really wants you to be involved in on planet Earth. But you have to be moving. God, God really uses a, a, a stone that is not moving. He would prefer a river that's moving all the time. And Philip was engaged, and Philip was involved, and Philip was moving. All God had to do to Philip was redirect him. 
But we love Michaela, and we love all the kids. But isn't she a little cutie? And there she is just walking along there, you know, doing this and doing that with her little thing flopping up there. <laughs> and, you know, she's... And I, I guarantee that if Aaron was behind her and she was walking on a pier with, with the water on that side, and she would be safe because she would be going like this and there's the edge and then she'd be going like this and then Aaron would come along and just go, move you that way, move you that And then she'd go back that way and then she'd go to the danger spot and he'd move her that way. And then, you know, she'd make her walk through. That's exactly what God does with us if we're moving and we've got a heart to be used. We might go into an opportunity which is dangerous or, well, hang on, not there, and God will move us. Remember Acts chapter 16? Remember how he wanted to use Paul in Troas, in Macedonia? You remember the vision he had? Come over and help us. Well, before that, Paul was dead set on going into Bithynia. He wanted to go into that Galatian area. And so he makes his way through, thinking he's doing the will, and God moves him this way and says, "Uh uh-uh, not there, not there. I want you there. All because Paul was always moving with God. He wrote in Romans 12, 11, not lagging behind in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. The word fervent gives the idea of being zealous and excited and passionate about accomplishing what God wants us to do and it's got nothing to do with us being introverted or just being so quiet in personality. It's got everything to do with that spiritual enthusiasm and fire that he wants to put in you. He wrote to Timothy and he said, but as for you, Use self-restraint in all things. Endure hardship. Do the work of an evangelist. Fulfill your ministry. Okay, the second thing I want to say is this. God uses those who submit to his will. Verse 26, But the angel of the Lord spoke to Philip, saying, Get up, go south in the road that descends from Jerusalem, to Gaza. This is a desert road. And Philip says, no way. There's too much happening here. Are you crazy? People are coming to Christ. Why would I go there? Why would I move away from all that God is doing here to go there? But Philip had a submissive heart and a submissive spirit. And in verse 27, the Bible says, so he got up and went and there was an Ethiopian eunuch a court official of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians who was in charge of all the treasure and he had come to Jerusalem for to worship and God was looking, who can I choose who can I stir up to speak to this man who's on his way home and he chose Philip because Philip's heart was not only moving but it was submissive He was willing to be used. That's hard, isn't it? Do you agree? It's difficult at times. It's it's hard to, to bend when God wants us to be used. But this wasn't about Philip and how many souls was being saved or how many believers in Jerusalem heard about the revival. This was about what God wanted and who he could use to reach this one person on his way home. 
In Luke chapter 15, 47, Jesus challenges us and says, What man among you, if he has a hundred sheep and has lost one of them, does not leave the other 99 in the open pasture and go after the one that is lost until he finds it? And then when he's found it, there's a celebration over the one that is lost that is now found. Um, I, I heard a wonderful testimony a few years back um, of the founder of Teach One to Lead One. Have you heard of that ministry? Teach One to Lead One. The founder of this was um, Laurie Salerno. And she was already involved in ministry. She was moving with what she was doing. And she had a, an involvement and a ministry in schools. So every now and then she would go into schools and had the freedom that I don't have in terms of being restricted here in Australia. She'd go to America. Eh? But um, she had the opportunity there to speak into the lives of the students when the opportunity came. And she was at this school which was, had a reputation of being violent and hard, hard towards teachers and, and pe each other. It was, it was a difficult place. And um, in the past, they had uh, assemblies where people would be invited to come in and speak to them. The last assembly they had was three or four years ago when Laurie had arrived. Three or four years ago, because it turned out to be a riot. It turned out to be a riot in the assembly. People were hurt physically. So they said, no more assembly, no more. Well, Laurie, through others, searched for an opportunity in the school. And finally, the principal said, yes, okay, you can come in and you can speak to them, but good luck to you. So she came in ready to give a talk and the chaplain was there. <laughs> and the chaplain was saying, good luck. I hope you make it through the, the other side of this. And she's thinking, what? And then, you know, she starts heart beating. She's looking around and, and right at the back there, she, she sensed where the leader, leaders were of the, of the gangs. And there they were. And, and then it started. Before she even wanted to give her message, it started. And at the back there saying, hey, mama, won't you let me come up there and, you know, and another one said, yeah, mama, come on. And, and they started to you know, get all rowdy. And she's thinking, oh, Lord, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? And, and she's praying that prayer. And then she opens her mouth and begins to speak to them. And uh, she, she noticed some movement at the back with the, the gangsters at the back. And, and then, uh, you know, as she found out later, one of the other gangsters said to them, are you going to let us speak? You're going to let her take over this, what we own? And so, you know, they started to shuffle up and, and make their way like, you know, like, Joe, you come here and show them how to, okay. <laughs> you know, they started to shuffle up and make their way to the front and everybody was going, oh, here we go, here we go. And Laurie's up there going, dear Lord Jesus, I pray that you just go and take over this situation. And she's praying and they're making their way up. And, and so Laurie says, um, the reason why they made their way up was because Laurie was talking about values and, and talking especially to the young ladies out there that it's okay to be a virgin for Jesus. It's okay to be pure. And then they made their way up offended 
And she's thinking, oh, oh, what, what shall I... And then she looks at them, and she goes, everybody, look! Here come our great leaders of our school. They're the ones who say, yes, it's cool and it's okay to be a virgin for Jesus. And all of them were going, what? And they all started to laugh and the gangsters started to walk back and ashamed and they sat down and, and, and Laurie's going, oh, Lord, please. And, and then she finished talking about what she wanted to talk with to them about. After the service or after the assembly, one of them came up and says, hey. And she says, hey. And he's looking over her and, and he says, I don't know if uh, <laughs> that kind of stuff, you know, sinks with me. Oh, look at me. I'm useless. My whole life has been useless. So, so I, I can't relate to that. And Laurie was able to speak into his life of how valuable he was. Later on, Laurie's at home and God challenges her to create a ministry for those kind of people that would find value and strength and significance in their lives through work, as I mentioned before, through work and through the spiritual life. They find value in Jesus. And therefore, teach one to reach one was created. And she needed mentors to be a part of this. And people were beginning to put up their hands to be mentors for these kids in the schools. And um, the principal started to ask, where are they? Where are the mentors? I thought they were available. Where are they? We're running out of time for funding. Where are they? And so that night, Lori gets on her knees in the middle of the night and says, God, where are your mentors? Here's an open door, a huge open door. Where are they? And then she says, what is it that you want me to do? Use me, God. Use me. Use me was her prayer. And God did. He spoke a whisper into her heart and says, get on your bike. She's thinking, what? In the morning, she reevaluated that word and found out that God wanted her to get on a bike and ride from the east to the west for these kids and profile their situation and stir up the body of Christ and people to put input into their lives. And she did it. She rode with support from the east coast to the west coast. And she called it breaking the cycle. God opened a door as Laurie submitted and she walked through. And today she has reached thousands and thousands of young people for Jesus Christ. All because she said, use me. Do anything, anything, Lord, anything. The third thing I want to mention is this. God uses those as we've already pressed into God already uses those who rely on this book. Philip came to the Ethiopian eunuch and the Ethiopian eunuch said, you know, he asked him, what are you reading? And he, and he, and he read it to him. And he says, Who's this, who, who is this guy speaking about, himself or someone else? And listen to this. I read this this morning as I was having a coffee. He invited him up into the chariot. 
Do you know how hard it is for people to invite you to speak into their lives? So when God opens a door, what do you do? You jump up into the chariot and you sit there and what were they doing? They were reading God's word. Do you know as you richly dwell in the word of Christ in your heart, he will use that word. He will leverage your knowledge and use it to reach people. And he did with this man. I love what Jesus says in John chapter 7, verses 37 to 38. If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, out, as the scripture says, from his innermost being shall flow rivers of living water. There are people out there who are waiting to drink from your life and my life. And as we get into this book, the book of books, God will open up doors that you can give out. Finally, this morning, God uses those who make deeper availability more than a one-time event, but a lifestyle commitment. It's just not a once-off for Philip. You read in the Bible that, and he ordered the chariot to stop, and they both went down into the water, Philip as well as the eunuch, and he baptized him. And when they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord snatched Philip away, and the eunuch no longer saw him. So he went on his way rejoicing. But don't stop reading there. But Philip found himself at Azotus, and as he passed through, he kept preaching the gospel to all cities until he came to Caesarea. It wasn't a one-time event. He just kept on doing this stuff as God opened the door. That's why Paul said to Timothy, as I read before, be instant in season, preach the word, be instant in season and out of season. When Jesus presented, was presented into the temple, there were two oldies there that were there when Jesus was presented. There was an old man named Simeon and God had promised him that if you just keep doing what you're doing, your eyes will see the Redeemer, the salvation of Israel. And he did. He saw Jesus and then proclaimed him. Now, now I can be released because my eyes have seen salvation. But there was also an older woman there as well. And she had been a servant of the temple from the day that she uh, lost her husband for years, for decades. And when she saw Jesus, she began talking about him. Not her, him. She began talking about him. God honoured the lifelong commitment. And they had the privilege of meeting the Saviour face to face. So I want to leave you with some rhetorical questions to think about. Here's one. Is there a Philip heart in you? Can God count on you to walk through open doors to sow some seeds, to water the seeds that have really been so on, or to have the privilege of bringing someone to Christ like an Ethiopian eunuch. But can God trust you with that? Do you have a Philip heart?
What is holding you back from some of the greatest opportunities that God is willing to bring in your life right now at your young age, at your older age? What is holding you back? Don't get angry with me. Take it up with Philip who challenges us and says, what's holding you back? Is it your career? Is it the drag of a busy family life? Are potential doors a nuisance to us, interfering with our plans and our interests? What about this? Can the Holy Spirit move you from the rush of maybe a, a, a mini or some sort of revival at GCC? Can the Holy Spirit move you from that to reach just one person who's wanting Jesus? Can he, does he have the freedom to just move you from here to there to there to there to there at his own, at his own choice? Is fear or today's uncertain environment or tons of feelings of inadequacy holding you back from what we've learned this weekend doing Joe's bombing, just jumping in? Heard the other day that there was someone there just wiggling their feet and they're not, not willing to commit into the, you know, and Joe says, just jump in, you know, and, you know. Can God count us to just jump in and leave the rest to him as we trust him? The lesson for me continues to be that if our availability is deep, the opportunities are endless. And you will leave planet Earth and I will leave planet Earth absolutely satisfied all because we were just available for him. Now I want you to do again a similar thing I did the other day. I'm going to read you a, a, a beautiful hymn, but I want you to close your eyes because some of you have already, you already know this, but make it a fresh, fresh revelation to your heart. It's a hymn written by a beautiful woman in the mid-1800s, who was so taken up with her relationship with Jesus that she was uh, blessed with the gift of writing many hymns and poems. She was invited to this one space and place to meet people. And when she arrived, she did that. She enjoyed meeting people. But her heart began to drop because the joy and the excitement and the the exuberation of her heart on the inside because of her relationship with Jesus, she saw that they didn't have that. And so she prayed as she was there in that place, oh God, save them. Save them. Bring them to your, to your place. And during that night, many came to Jesus. And she was overwhelmed. She went into the room by herself and she got alone with God, and she wrote one of the most beautiful hymns that continues to challenge us in 2021. Take my life and let it be. Consecrated Lord to thee, 
Take my moments and my days. Let them flow in ceaseless praise. Take my hands and let them move at the impulse of thy love. Take my feet and let them be swift and beautiful for thee. Take my voice and let me sing always only for my King. Take my lips and let them be filled with messages from thee. Take my silver and my gold. Not a mite would I withhold. Take my intellect and use every power as you shall choose. Take my will it, make it thine. It shall no longer be mine. Take my heart, it is thine own. It shall be your royal throne. And finally, take my love, my Lord, I pour. At thy feet its treasure store. Take myself, and I will be ever only all for thee. It's hard, Lord, to... hard for me to read this because um, we're all weak and we become selfish sometimes and all we want to do is fill our heads sometimes and um, be involved and be busy but this morning thank you for Philip thank you for the Philip heart that you challenge us with and we come in our weakness and we come just as we are because that's, that's all you want. Make us available to be used. Take us away from camp. We really appreciate the time that we've had here and the joy and the laughter and the love, but we can't have camp next month or the month after the month after. We have to go out in the real world that you're a part of. So, Lord, touch our hearts this morning to make ourselves available. Use me, Lord. Use me as you want, to be, want us to be used. Thank you for this incredible group of people that are called GCC. Um, you've done an incredible work in their lives, and I pray that you would continue to build into them and they would become famous in Sydney, not because of themselves, but because someone will find out that this group of people have a Philip heart. That God can just take them and use them in any way that he chooses. Do that, Lord, in your name. Amen. Sorry about the emotion. <laughs>